What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back. It is Friday night. It is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are at your place for the unfiltered experience Ooh, with myself, yeah. Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, joined by my beautiful brother from another mother. Let's see if I get it right. Did I get it right? I got Wait, it. Wait, I'm gonna try it too. Hold on, hold on. Hi, Chris. I see you over there. <laughs> What's up, Scott? It's great to see you, brother. We're that live. That was so counterintuitive because it's been a while. When when I was doing it, I was I want to go this way so bad. I'm like, it's that way. I always just have to think it's just the opposite of what I want to do. It just feels weird. It feels weird. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Man. It's good. To, it's good to see you. It's good to hear from you from Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm here. Been, I'm here in, in Austin. Yeah, you guys have been baking over there, man. I've been watching your weather forecast. You guys haven't had a day under 100 degrees for like fucking two months. It's crazy. It's you know what's you know what's insane is um and of course you know like Murphy's law plus the just the effect on the systems. Everybody's AC is breaking down. So I've seen so many people on social media or at the gym, someone talking about it or, you know, a buddy going, dude. And he's like, and and they're all happening at once. So there's, it's gotta be a lot of money being made by somebody, but also there's, there's a line of people waiting. So you might be out for two days with no AC and 106 degrees. And if you can't afford a hotel or whatever, I mean, it's, it's not fun. So it's a lot. I lived that way. I lived in a 10 by 10 room with no air conditioning for years. I mean, I could see that like in in Boston when it's like 90 degrees in the summer, but 106 degrees, it's a little bit different. It goes like it's becomes sauna and then inside it might be 120. I mean, that's how people die. Like it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden you guys, then you guys will have the freezing pipes again. It's crazy. I mean, mother nature, my buddy, like I was just telling you before we went live, my buddy's up in Kelowna, BC. He's got fires across the lake that are like approaching his house. we got Maui that just, you know, burned up. And, and here in California, we are on a hurricane watch. We are on a hurricane watch for the first time in like night since 1939 or something like that. Some 600 mile wide fucking hurricane is coming towards california and arizona on sunday that is prepared to bring tornadoes and and rain and all sorts of crazy shit and i'm just like i think mother nature's a little mad at us i think we haven't been playing nice in the sandbox and maybe we need to take better care of our environment and who only knows i don't know it's insanity i just i just pray for people i pray for animals i pray for the homeless you know the people that have no shelter and uh, and just hope that they're doing well yeah yeah i hear that I hear that it's funny because you know little things like we're in our yard and then you know kim's running around like making these little dishes for like the lizards that it run by you know they're drinking water and then we've got like our bird feeders and all that and you know you forget for a second and they're like flying around the house like bro 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 feed me like because water is so scarce i mean everything's so dry and it makes me think like how many things are out there that aren't getting fed or or aren't you know living up to like their standard or, or whatever they need amount of water amount of food or whatever because I mean, it's a lot. We're, we have houses and we have things, but they're out there just looking at us like, help, help. It means right. nuts. Yeah, I've been seeing, I don't know what it is about me, but I've been attracting ads on Facebook, seeing dogs that have gotten away and then like the dogs are out there, you know, like in the heat and everything. So people are stopping by. There's so many amazing human, human beings out there carrying water and food and stuff like that. I never see these dogs. I don't know why I never see them, but every day I get like five or six ads saying, you know, have you lost a dog? You know, we found this dog running around the street. Um, yeah, it just breaks my heart. I mean, it's just... It's all about, you know, what we can do for one another and for humanity in these trying times and, and trying to make the best of the situations. And I think that's something that we've done an excellent job of during this season of talking about who are we, what's our identity, and really trying to help people like refocus the perspective from the external validation and the external ego of what it is that we're mostly wrapped up in. And instead of saying like, who am I, who am I, who, what am I doing? 
who am I being? And I think we've had some tremendous conversations in this, in this series of shows. And I'm excited to share some of those snippets tonight and to talk about some of the things that we've learned together, you and I, from these amazing conversations with these individuals who have shared their souls on that journey of becoming who we are and being able to find center and balance in, in, in the midst of chaos, which is something that we're all experiencing around the world. Yeah, 100%, man. And you know what I've been, um, what I've been trying to do, you know, I always have like an analogy or metaphor for everything so that people can kind of go, oh, I see that. The one I've been coming up with a lot, and I think it ties in really nicely to right now, because we're talking about wrapping up or unwrapping the present moment, the present, the gift that we have that's this present moment now. One of the things that I think we're doing, and I don't want to say ineffectively, but not as effectively as we can to date, is we're misinterpreting where we're going to find the present moment. I mean, it's we know it's here and now, but we're misinterpreting where we're going to find it and find ourselves at our best and find ourselves embracing it. And what I've been talking about with people is picture an airline like hub and spoke. So if the hub is Houston, and they go to Denver and they go to Dallas and they go to Austin, and they go to San Antonio, they go to all these places. The hub is source, creator, universe. That's where we're getting our energy from. Right. But we need to interact spoke to spoke. And that's me and you. You know, we're each a individual at the end of the spoke. The piece that I think a lot of us are missing are we're intentional spokes with mirrors. So what's happening is we're looking at each other and we're pointing blame. We're not looking at ourselves and we're forgetting to refuel or connect or recall the source of where our plane came from. It's true. What I'd love people to start thinking about is this. There's two things that I think that we need to do. I mean, really, a lot of people are going to argue, shut the hell up and just be present and stop bitching and know that you have everything in your plate. But just so you can start to do that because we've gotten off course is remember that your refueling and your deep connection and understanding has nothing to do with the interactions with heaven right now. It's you looking inward and doing that. Now, once you're refueled so that you can live in this brilliant existence and share your brilliance, that's when we connect and we need to look in each other's eyes and look at each other and see each other's as mirrors. So when you know you make a mistake or I make a mistake, why am I seeing that? Like, why is that occurring mm -hmm. for me? And, and we have such an opportunity to go, oh, that might be something I do. I can grow from it. And all we're in is this beautiful dance to grow together and recall our source. And we've deeply forgotten that. And I think what's happening is we've got this hub and spoke unit. And so, of course, we're all spokes with mirrors. But the new variable is the universe, you know, that hub that of, of everything is saying, let's shake the game up a little bit. Because exactly. people aren't fucking listening. And so <laughs> yeah. it's and like a snow globe, like a hundred percent. It's a, it's exactly a snow globe. It's a snow globe that we were sitting in it. And now we're like, whoa, what the hell's going on around me now? And uh -huh. we need that because the tap, tap, tap that you and I always talk about, those lessons aren't being learned. We're, we're past freight train. We need like a, a full, like beat down and rip your arms off and glue them back together because we are not paying attention and I think we're starting to get to a point where we're starting to collectively wake up, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah, so I, what I you, agree. What are your thoughts on that? Because there's a lot to unpack or unwrap there. Well, I think I think a lot of it is what you're talking about is the fact of how we can find that internal calmness in a world of external chaos and being able to like, you know, talk about the fact of being in like you've talked about before being in the river and being in the flow and not hanging on so much to the tree and everything. And, and really just like we were talking before, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. What the opportunity is we have, we have, we have the opportunity to prepare ourselves as much as we can for whatever X is going to happen in our life, but also to know and understand that whatever's going to happen, we're going to be able to respond to that. 
And then we're going to be able to find strength and resiliency in the fact that we're not going to react emotionally to something that we're going to sit there and be able to say, okay, what can I learn? What can I gain from this? How can I find calmness in this storm? Because I can choose to react to it and become emotionally tied to a particular outcome because of my expectation. Or I can sit there and I can calm down and say, okay, let me realize something here. Everything's happening for my greater good. Everything in my life I have survived 100% of, and it's made me the person that I am today if people sit there and have that perspective. So why not? wouldn't everything else turn out that exact same way? And I think that some of our guests have done a, a magnificent job of really illustrating the fact of finding that calmness in some chaotic moments. And one of the things I want to share with everybody in case they didn't get a chance to see it. Good evening, Robert. Thank you for being here is I want to share uh, Earl's uh, snippet. I mean, Earl caught us mean. both off guard. And for you guys watching this, this is just gonna be a little snippet of Earl's conversation. You guys can go back and check it out. Everything's on the www.theunfilteredexperience.com. But Earl shared with something with Scott and I, Scott's a personal friend of his, we know Earl, but he shared something. And this is a great opportunity for us to be able to look at what he says and be able to find there's an opportunity in there to reframe our perspective, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how tragic it is. So let's, uh, let's talk hear about him. things that I have not experienced. Mm. So on November 12th, uh, this past year, my only child, my daughter died and it was a surprise. What? And she simply expired. Her heart gave out and she died on the spot. Wow. And I will tell you that part of my, I am statement used to be because it is variant because there is no one thing that you can, I am you must allow for the dynamic of change to come into your life. So in one minute, it can be that I am peaceful. <laughs> I am tolerant. I am patient. Um, but in that moment, I lost every perspective of my I am because we often ground ourselves in our children. Yeah. And we foundation our I am, our identity uh, on our children. I mean, and it goes on and on. You guys go back again, again, check it out. Earl Amin, uh, we'll get you guys the uh, episode number. But I mean, Scott, that, I mean, talk about finding like his center of calmness and saying, this is what it is and this is what happened. And him finding that choice to find resolve in the fact that everything has a meaning and a purpose in his life. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, when you, when you think about your own daughter and your own experiences, I mean, how beautifully eloquent but yeah tragic was that and that we've checked in with him since then and he's still doing amazing it's it's it's, it's such a brilliant ex, ex example of of how we can change and grow and evolve no matter what and how tragic a situation is so i'm going to parallel two people two brilliant people i've known in my life and uh, i'm going to parallel earl and my grandmother and so my grandmother lost her first you know eldest you know child um, my uncle and he was just a genius spoke like eight languages fluently worked for the state department traveled all over the world he was the golden child he got cancer and died pretty abruptly in his 40s and she was never the same because i want to just let people look and see why she went from being this vibrant beautiful loving person her i am statements would have been you know, I'm a dancer. I'm, I'm a beautiful human. I'm like, just, she's a person you just wanted to be around. She, she's probably when people see like the positivity in me, there's that, there, or you see that side of me, that's probably coming from her just going, everything's going to be okay. You guys are good, you know? And that disappeared from her and never came back because her, her I am statements were dependent on other things. Earl will say, I am creator. I am divine, all these things, but they're not, it's not dependent. 
when the new thing comes, he recognizes I need to feel these feelings. I need to be in the river. So we're always talking about the river, stay in the flow, don't get on the rocks. One of the things I think that he's doing now in his suffering, in the I am suffering and the reality of where he's at, is he knows to plug into source. And I think he would use the word God. So he's plugging into God right. and finding that energy. But he is still super aware. And I know exactly what he did. He went and he and he mourned and he went through this process, or I'm assuming, I don't know because I'm not in his head, but based on what I know of Earl, and I definitely see him plugging into source. And he came out to look at you and I, two Marys in his existence, to kind of pop back out. And, and, and part of his process was to speak it out. And I know who he is, and he's a great human. And he like, again, do you know how embarrassing and weird that feels that he's telling me who's a good friend of his, Right. Hey, my daughter died six months ago, but you know how we have friends that we love and we're from place to place doing things. And you think it was yesterday. And that's the first time I heard that. Right. And he's like, I didn't know how to talk about it or burden you with like, like that was his take. <clears throat> so, yeah. So there's two things that we can do with everything that is a massive opportunity in front of us that literally can knock us down or build us up. We can lean into source and refuel and come back into the game or not. And those are two huge choices and Earl made the decision to plug back into the game. And my grandmother didn't have the capacity. And I would ask anybody here, if you feel like you can't know that there's people like Earl out there and you can, even though it seems unbearable, everything is, my daughter just said the best thing. They had to like create some art project and she wrote everything heals in time. And I'm like, Ooh, someone's listening to the mommy and daddy. <laughs> like, but when she said it, I was like, that's pretty, pretty cool. And she created this whole thing around it. That, but I was just like, I'm glad that she's speaking that and living it. So mm -hmm. yeah, like, and, I, and think I, about that? I, I think it's beautiful. I think for me, in recognizing death is a part of life, right? And we're all we're all walking, we're all standing in line waiting to expire. It's just some of us are living and some of us are existing. And I look at it as, as through the people that I've lost in my life, I've lost my mother, I've lost my mentor, I've lost my little sister, if you will. And through each one of those experiences of loss, I have gained the perspective that I have the opportunity to either wallow in self-pity and 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 lack and scarcity and oh my God, I've lost this. I'm no longer the same person anymore because I don't have that person in my life. Or I've developed the opportunity to say, now I have not only my own life to live for, but now I can live in the memory and the honor of that other person and continue their legacy moving forward. What would that person want from me? Would that person want for me to be miserable and self-suffering and 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 and, and self-sabotaging for the rest of my life? If that person was sitting there right in front of me right now, what would they say? They would say, Chris, live your life to the best of your ability. Go out there and take those chances. Go out there and really live in the zest. Go out there and experience all the hurts and all the wonders of the world because maybe I didn't. And so for us, we have that opportunity. I think that's the way Earl sees it. Yes, there is a capacity. There's a portion of my life that is no longer. And I can sit there and think about that for the rest of my life and, and exist in, in that sorrow and in that guilt and that sadness and that shame and whatever else emotion you want to put at it. But for me, there's, there's somewhat of an excitement and a rejuvenation to say, listen, I'm still here. And I still get this opportunity every single day to use my brilliance and my gifts to make the world just a little bit better for somebody who might be suffering, who may have not had access to Chris and Scott, who may not have had access to, to Earl and who really is hurting. And I know you and I have definitely impacted hundreds and thousands of lives uh, with the fact of the experiences that we've shared personally and the people that we have helped coach through those processes. So in a way, I look at it as a beautiful opportunity because in each opportunity we have, it's a gift. 
And that's what we're talking about is who am I? I'm love. I'm acceptance. I'm forgiveness. You know, I'm not, a, a, yes, of course, I'm a dad. I'm a this, I'm a that. But at the end of the day, the thing I've learned the most is I get to choose in each, in each individual moment who I get to be and get to be present with that. And I think that's something that that's probably one of the biggest things I've gained from all these beautiful conversations that we've had. So, so let, let's, before we jump and listen to one of the next clips, I want people to stop and think about why there's a difference between Earl and my grandmother or the way you're explaining, you know, being present. And it literally is that act of being present. So, so imagine this, um, let's just say my grandmother just loses my uncle. So here's the thing. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to start the morning process and say, why me? Why him? This is horrible. You know, he was a beautiful human. This is horrible. And just, and just go through all that. And, and that's very natural. Now, when you stick to that, what you're doing is you're not living in the present moment anymore. You're sitting here talking about everything that happened yesterday. Yeah. So these are great extreme examples when we lose somebody that's very dear to us. But this happens on a day to day basis. You lose the job. I wasn't good enough. I'll never get another job. I'm nothing. This is, you know, crap. I knew it. I, I should have never applied there in the first place. And we go through this story and we go to yesterday instead of coming to the present moment. Ah, the universe created space for something new in my life. I don't like that. I'm going to feel all the feels. I'm sad. I really enjoy the people I worked with. I wish I was still there. But here I am in the present moment. What's next? I've got this space to fill and I'm ready to fill it. That is how we have to live. And that mm -hmm. is the opportunity, the gift that we're talking about unwrapping that present moment. So are we all capable of doing that? The answer is absolutely yes. Are we all going to do that? That is up to you. That's a choice. And one thing I'll never say, and I've learned as you know, a coach, I'll never say it's easy. I'm never no. going to bullshit you. <laughs> no, because no, a lot of not. people, they want to fast track and spiritually, you know, bypass things and run past like lessons. If there's a lesson put in front of you, there's two things you can do. You can pretend it's not there and you're never going to get by it. And the universe is going to keep giving it to you again and again, or you can accept the lesson and learn it. And I don't know that I, I love that, but that's the reality. And what I do know is when I move past those lessons, I find love. Yes. And, you, and that's something you've said so eloquently. You can look through life through the lens of love or through the lens of fear. Yeah. And I think there's an opportunity for us to experience a sense of fear. But at the same time, are we truly living our, our full purpose and honoring ourselves and what it is that we've already survived and thrived through to become the individuals that we are today? I look at the chapters of my life and the sections of my life, and I think about the the challenges. And were they easy? No, no, hell no. They were they were horrible. There were there things I would never want to experience again. However, I sit here today with gratitude in my heart for every one of those experiences, every one of those betrayals, every one of those backstabbings, every one of those situations, because it caused me the opportunity to reflect inward and ask myself, who am I being right now? Am I being a little bitch? Am I being, am I being somebody who is pitiful? Am I being somebody who is looking at this from an opportunity to say, how can I grow and become stronger from this? How can I help other people manage through this? And for me, I have seen so many different situations in my life where people become stuck in this vicious cycle of insanity where they refuse to change their perspective about the opportunities. And all we're saying here tonight and, and through these conversations that we've had, and we definitely invite you to go back and, and watch these again, because these will change your life. Each one of these conversations was transformative in the fact that what these individuals experienced at different stages in their particular lives. And for me, it's about sitting there saying, okay, if everything has happened and has prepared me to make me the person that I am today, 
why can't I look at the opportunities that are facing me, the challenges and the uncertainties and the scarcities and whatever else might be happening with that same I, I, idea of being a curious kid and a sense of adventure? What am I going to learn from this? It's not going to be easy, but on the other side of it, it's going to be worth it. And for us to set the example for those other people in our lives that love us and appreciate us, I know for you, Scott, and I know for myself as well, people will come to me and they won't, they won't ever say anything, but then they'll say, Chris, I've watched you for the last five years mm -hmm. and you've inspired me so many times because I've seen how you've handled adversity. I've seen you, how you've handled this, that, and the other thing. People don't know what we're teaching them. We don't, people don't, aren't acknowledging what we're teaching them, but necessarily they're growing through those opportunities. Yeah. And that's what we invite all of you guys to do in your lives is to be that person that you would want somebody to be for you in that life. And together we can rise above the chaos and the uncertainty and the insanity and the divisiveness and everything else that's going on in our world to enjoy these moments. That's why we call it the present. Like the present right now is all we have. And irregardless of whatever might happen tomorrow, we have the opportunity and the choice to live present and to be beautiful beautiful and to be appreciative and to live in gratitude. hundred percent. And, and one of the things that I think that we, we, we want answers <clears throat> and as human beings, we always want answers. So why did my, why did my uncle have to die? Why did my son have to die? Why did my daughter have to die? Why me? Why, why this situation? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with that. That is how insanity is created. So watch this. Um, I would challenge you to step back in this situation and say this. First and foremost, if you believe that we're all eternal beings, then we're fractals or we're the spokes, as I called it, from the hub of source. You got to got to believe if, if you believe that there is a source, creator, universe, God that is expanded, that's allowed us to exist as a fractal of itself. If you could buy into that, then everything is happening according to plan. Imagine an infinity of time. We're sitting here challenging ourselves and dancing in a space with everything that could happen that might happen over the course of eternity. So the things that we're feeling and we're saying we hate, what are we doing? We're learning what we don't like. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't like death. I don't want to lose people or good people. I don't want war. I don't want starvation. Cool. So what are we going to do about it collectively? Is this an opportunity or is this a problem? Yeah. One and the same. One and the same. There's a solution within an opportunity or a problem, but a problem, a lot of times people keep saying, why, 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 why? Here's the deal. I have no idea why. I don't know why Earl's daughter had to die. I don't know why my uncle had to die of cancer. We can go back and start blaming. Was it certain foods? Was it this? I have no freaking idea. But here's what I can tell you. The thing I have right now is the present moment. Earl has an opportunity to take the most beautiful parts for his daughter and eternalize them by becoming those things. We talk about that when we create our eulogies. What, was she spunky? Was she energized? Was she somebody who really loved beyond measure, you know, when she was in her best self? Be that. You know, mm -hmm. what was my uncle? My uncle was somebody who traveled a lot, spoke multiple languages, was kind to people, really wanted to expand his horizons. Does it sound familiar? I've become much of what he is. He's a lot smarter, but that's, you know, I can only do what I can do. Um, <laughs> but again, that's exactly what I did was I took those parts of him and I became those parts of him. So he doesn't die. And that's our opportunity in life. I think we, we we have a tendency to want to look at yesterday and attach to emotion of something old instead of being in the present moment and staying in the river and attaching to joy. And I'm not saying it's easy, but mm. I'm challenging you to explore what that could look like, because why would you let that person die and die with them when you can take them with you and live on with them? thousand percent if anybody gets anything out of the conversation tonight that is bang on we got nelly in the house we got robert in the house we got david libby in the house he says That's life is a shared experience thank you guys for being here you guys are all beautiful it reminds me i want to share this 
um, this particular clip. This was from your buddy, John, and it's perfectly okay. timed right now talking about your mutual loss for somebody and, and talking about time. So let's listen to John here for a second. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that, that time thing, people say, oh, what do you want in life? I want to be a time billionaire. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time. I mean, people can make money, but if you run out of time, um, and we were talking, I was talking to Senior Hennigan when I was standing uh, next to his bed, and he said, yeah, I wish I had more time, but I'm happy with my life and everything that I've done. Um, so at the end of the day, time is, is precious. So yeah, it's not worth holding a grudge. Let the negative energy go um, and do something with your time. So yeah. so you literally can, like say, so listen to how easy and difficult that is simultaneously. Right. Somebody hurts you. There's an, an old event that we, we attach an emotion to that we want to keep feeling. We say we don't want to feel it, but we're addicted to the animosity, the anger, the sadness, the, but we can end that. And we just bought more time, right? Like it's free. It's free time. If we forgive, that's it, man. That's let's just stop the show. Talk <laughs> about, talk about that part, Scott. I want you to expand upon that. Cause I know in the, in the conversation, you expand that forgiveness part, because I think that's one of the hardest things that I've heard from people. Like I, I have a hard time forgiving my, my mother for leaving me so soon. I have a, I have a hard time forgiving my father leave for leaving me so soon. I could speak honestly about this because I doubt my wife's going to watch this. There was a lot of animosity and a lot of frustration for her dad passing away when he did that when she was 20 years old, she's like, I'm mad at my dad for leaving me because he didn't get a chance to walk me down the aisle. Talk to us about that forgiveness component of this who am i who am i becoming who am i being and how we can find ways to find strength and energy in that forgiveness and that empathy component for something that something is is so hard to let go of yeah and so so the same exact thing that's the key ingredient or key component of forgiveness is the same exact thing that's the key ingredient of present moment of living in the present moment it's a detachment from an emotion that comes with an old event so so think of it like whether so my uncle passed i'm not in a space of forgiveness i want to detach the emotion so i say i'm going to move on and i'm going to take the best of you with me same thing happens with forgiveness let's say um but say my uncle was a really bad person and didn't die and hurt me in a lot of ways i can sit here forever and go every time somebody reminds me of my uncle like what a horrible experience this is and i can go to let's just say shame anger and sadness come up those just come up and they populate my being. And now I'm just overly just destroyed with those emotions every time. But the minute I say, I forgive that individual, there's a misconception. So many of us think I just validated what they did and said, it's okay. No one's saying that. What we're saying is I will no longer be attached to the emotions that come with the trigger from that event or from the situation that occurred with this person. So the minute I can say, I'm going to free myself from that, you're creating freedom. I hear all these people talk about being patriots and freedom and all this stuff like that. You want real freedom? Start forgiving people. You want real freedom? Start to disconnect from yesterday's events. But the same people who are talking about freedom, whatever, are talking about yesterday all day, every day. So there's a lot of irony there. You really right. want freedom? Forgive self and others. You really want freedom? Look at all the events from the past and stop trying to relive those and recreate those and create from the present moment. You have a new story starting today in every present moment. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do with it? Live yesterday or live today? And you said something key in there that I wanna really touch in on, triggers, right? How often do we really look at what things trigger us and then asking the deeper question, why? And exploring that opportunity for us to sit there and go inside of ourselves and sit there and say, okay, why is that triggering for me? 
And what is it that I can learn that can get me outside of my comfort zone in order to become that better person? Because I think, and I was just telling somebody this yesterday, I'm like, what if, if every single day, 1%, you grow 1%. You're able to forgive just a little bit more. You're able to have empathy for just a little bit more love for yourself. You're able to have all these 1% every single day. How might you be different in six months? You know, I was talking with somebody the other day. They were like, they see me doing more edgy posts and stuff like that because I've had to shake some people up. And I said, I'm not the same angry person that I was anymore because over the years, and I dedicated it to you and Lee and Jock and so many different people in my life, is that I'm not as angry anymore because I've, I've been able to find love. I've been able to find forgiveness. I've been able to not have those triggers in my life that caused me to react to an emotional situation that was that was, that was was cemented in something that was in my youth. Sure. What do you think about that? How can we help people identify proactively what their triggers might be yeah and then dig deeper into those to find healing properties so that they can go forward in in a sense of love rather than that sense of fear or scarcity first and foremost offer yourself a a lot of grace okay yeah. because you know sometimes i'll even notice here's what i see i'll, I'll listen to an eckhart tolle or i'll listen to you know Deepak chopra or greg braden or somebody and sometimes they're speaking in such opaque language by mistake because they're they're so smart and they're so enlightened or in such a space that when they speak from that, we see so much distance between ourselves and them. So yeah, first like of all, higher power, like they're this. They're some, yeah. And, and, and sometimes I'll be talking to somebody who I'm supporting and I realize, wait a minute, you made that sound easy and you're you're creating more space. And I'll back up and I'll apologize. And so I'm always very cautious to make sure that I'm not creating space between what I'm trying to teach them and where they're at. So right. it's meeting them where they're at. So the first thing is. I don't give a crap what somebody tells you or wh what you think. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Now, the reality is the space from where you want to be, I mean, where you want to be and where you currently are, sometimes it's going to seem so far that you can't take the first step. I hear it. So here's what I would challenge you to do. Even something like gratitude, like starting with gratitude. Chris and I talk about this all the time. Even just to say start with gratitude, even that sometimes might sound insane. I was really thinking about this the other day. I'm always saying, hey, create a ratio. You have high gratitude with low expectation. Okay. Well, I just want to get the hell out of my situation and I have nothing, so I can't create that. So here's what I would challenge you with doing. Give yourself a ludicrous amount of grace and start being empathetic to others because forgiveness starts with empathy. All right. Because once you start to look at the world, Chris is always saying, could I be that person with different experiences? Once we start to get to a space where we can actually be empathetic to all and start to find gratitude in the most crazy places, yeah. then we can start to forgive. Then we can start to truly expand and become the best versions of ourselves. Um, but I would give yourself enough grace to realize that even though there seems like there's a lot of space between where you are and you want to be, don't beat yourself up over that one step at a time to Chris's point. One thing is if you do one thing every day, the magnitude of that growth will be exponential and be huge. Just trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think we have another beautiful person that I would love to highlight right now, Miss Mitzi Purdue. I mean, talk to talk about talk talk about her for a second. Remember, I mean, insane. I, let me just play it first, and then we'll, then we'll go. From, then we'll She's go insane. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> you guys see, this is a perfect. All of these are perfect segues. We did all not plan this whatsoever, but we knew yeah. we knew the conversation was going to develop in such a way that these yeah. individuals would crop up and their their shares. Although you're seeing 60 seconds of them, go back and watch the entire They're interview amazing. and take notes because they are powerful. Here's Mitzi Purdue. So um, I'm 81 at the time, 82 now. At 81, I get on a plane and I end up in Kiev. 
And my first night there, there was an air raid and I spent it in a bomb shelter. Whoa. And and I I would make a guess that of the 21 articles that I've written and had published since then, that was my first trip. There was a second trip in December. I would say that a quarter of them, the interviews were done in bomb shelters during attacks. So I get to be an 81 year old war correspondent. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. I think so. But well, I shouldn't say I, I should be more modest and, and, not admit that I think it's great, but we're all friends, so I'll admit, yeah, I'm really pleased that it, it worked out that way. Well, while I was there, I got to, to see so many things where an individual might be able to make a difference. It goes on and it goes on. We were showing you small snippets. If you guys have missed these episodes, we'll make sure all the links are in the, in the show notes for this one. But I mean, it, it, at 80 fucking 81 82 i mean i it, like going over to to i mean yeah it just left me speechless i was doing i was clapping at the same point i, I noticed i was clapping at the same <laughs> point. Yeah. i was i was, I was, I was like, kind of doing the same that we we do we do we go like oh wow wow yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah it's so incredible at 82 yeah. years old she's out there living her best life mm-hmm. you know and going out there and making a difference she i mean here's the this is why we're talking about the present moment i mean so I want to I want to ask you something. That woman's eighty two years old, okay? And you hear Chris and I always talking about wonderment, curiosity, the the child. I'm literally seeing two things. I'm seeing a flawless combination of the wisdom and the financial stability of adulthood, and I'm seeing the child in her. The way she kind of laughs and she's like, "Ha ha, ha I'm this," and like I see a little girl. I could yeah. literally see like playing with her in the schoolyard, being like, "Hey, do you want to have a slice of pizza together?" And I see the adult. It's like we get so caught up in one part of our life that we're supposed to be something that we're not living the present moment. I see a perfect accumulation of like everything that she has become and taken from this world in that one beautiful being that happens to be Mitzi is unreal. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the thing, the thing about Mitzi and you can explain this, she does not need to do this. I don't know. She could be sitting, she could go by an Island and go, okay but still out there living her best life. Why do you believe that she does that? I'm, I'm going to tell you why. And then again, this is from knowing these people enough, and hopefully I can speak from their mouths as best I can. Yeah. But Mitzi Perdue had, okay, let's, let's go back to something. You know, I know that the parent doesn't create the individual, the individual, you know, you've got structure and whatnot. But when you listen to the story of her dad, okay. And he was the founder of Sheridan hotel, you know, it's Mitzi Perdue, Sheridan Perdue. And then her late husband, Frank Perdue, um, passed on. So she, you know, probably has a significant amount of the estates from Sheridan Hotels and Perdue. So she doesn't need to do this, like you said. But her dad made a point to say, my businesses are employee centric. The same stuff I'm preaching today. That's how we started talking. Our first interview, she goes, I feel like my dad is speaking to me through you. And I'm like, this is incredible. We had this beautiful combination, like conversation and just connection. And she said that he used to say the same thing. It's got to be employee centric. You take care of the employees. They take care of the customer. It's just how it works. And you always ask them how they're doing. So while every other hotel chain is failing, people are coming in late because it was the Sheridan family and they were taken care of. And so that's why they expanded and just took off. And that's what she lives by today. I see it. She's like, 
I want to take care of this group and this group and this group. Oh, that group's not doing good. I'm going to go take care of the front desk. Oh, the people in the back need help. And I'm still watching it. And I'm like, yeah, what do we need to do to have more, you know, Sheridan-esque families among us? Because the lessons, I mean, she, you know, we always talk about leading by example. Her dad did it. She's doing it. I see her. It expands me wanting to do it. Yes. You feel it. So what do we need to do to have more lead by example people like that, which just might be what our next uh, our next uh, series is about. It might be lead by example. It is mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about that in a second. And I do. I, I love Betsy. I love the fact that, again, we've talked about this so much in this in this show. Like, where do we lose that adventure and that, that creativity and that curiosity? Like when we're kids, there's there's nothing we can't figure out. We get a couple of pieces of board together and we're going to jump our bike off. We get a brick, we get a tree log. We were like, okay, the tree log, we don't know if it's going to work or not. We're going to put the board on it. We go over it and fucking eat shit. All right. We don't, we need something different. We cut, we keep modifying, we keep going after it. But then somewhere as adults, we start having this, this criticism over ourselves. Like if I don't do it right first, then I suck. And as long as I don't do it and I don't suck, then I'm okay. And that's what all of these people have illustrated so perfectly that it's great to not be okay. It's mm -hmm. great to be uncomfortable. It's great to go out there and figure it out. It's great to be 82 years old in a fucking bunker, you know, doing these things and living life and having that zest of freedom. Because at the end of the day, when I go, I want to sit there and say, fuck, I'm living my life. I made an impact today. I had a great time with my son today. I went on a water slide. I didn't want to go on two weeks ago, eight stories high in the fucking air. <laughs> I was living life. I didn't want to go up there. And my wife's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, if my six-year-old kid can go from an eight-story thing on a rack, I can do it too. And I thought about if I died today, would I be like, oh, I'm so glad I played it safe. I went down that fucking, that's, I was upside down and sideways and scared. <laughs> but guess what? Just like everybody else, I came out the other end and had water on my face and a smile. Yeah. And that's what we want for you guys, because there's some people out there who spend their entire lives living in a situation that they weren't personally involved with, and they can still come out of it with an amazing experience. And the last snippet I want to share before we talk about what we're going to be doing for next season is our friend, Mr. Jimmy Dennis. Jimmy Dennis is, uh, is a, an exemplary person who spent 25 years on death row for a murder he did not commit, he could not have committed. It is unconscionable how he spent so much time considering our legal system and considering that most humans have some sort of intelligence. But here's here's Jimmy sharing a little remember, bit. So one thing I just want to add to that, do you remember the person who supposedly did it? They initially said it was a, he was six feet plus five, eight yes. skinned and yeah. Jimmy's five, five dark skinned. So yeah. it's like they That's will the twist and turn anything to put somebody in jail just to seal up a case. It's insane. That, and that was still my, I was still fucking mind blown. Here's, he here's, said that to me. I was like, I almost wanted to like think he's kidding. And then I went and looked the stuff up on Google and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So, how do you, how do you frame that dude? Right. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's physics. Yeah. That's that, that can't happen. It that can't, let, let, let's hear what Jimmy says. So what am I saying? I'm saying if you got any single solitary person in your life, that's a naysayer, cut them off, get rid of them, stop mm -hmm. talking to them. It doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag out argument. No, no, no. You need to distance yourself from negativity. You need to distance yourself from people who don't believe in you. Mm -hmm. Right? Amen. And it doesn't matter if you want to be an engineer, an architect, or you want to be the best secretary or the best carpenter or a chef or whatever it is you want to be, go after your dream. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, 
you could do it. And when somebody tell you you can't do something, what you should do is laugh in their face and just keep moving. And do it twice right and take in a positive way. Do it twice and take pictures of it. That's what, that's, yeah. what, that's what I say. Because I guarantee you, guarantee you, that same person ain't your friend. Twenty-five years on death row comes out and he's this amazing musician, this amazing heartfelt person who's actually advocating for people who are wrongly confused and wrong, wrongly accused and convicted, uh, spending time behind bars. And he has love in his heart and he has love in his heart. I mean, again, another amazing individual who has been in the worst absolute situations where he had to have a playlist in his brain just to listen to songs every day to be able to get through and survive, not going insane on death row. I mean, when he when he explained that to us and his playlist was so amazingly diverse, it had Bruce Springsteen, it had Whitney Houston, it had some rap, it had some R&B. It was literally and, and he told us why. You wonder. I remember Stevie yeah, in there. Yeah. And he told us the lines, like what the lines were. And he yeah. talked about the time that he got jumped and he was partially deaf because he was beaten down. And I mean, I can't fathom being alive through that 25 years i can't i don't feel like i have the strength of course i would, you know, be, I would be fucking jello <laughs> i just can't fathom it i can't fathom it. and to see yeah. the strength of that human being and then to listen to the advice of somebody who's that strong that just says don't waste your time like to that point like you're, you're sitting here getting fuel from source which you know he's calling god most likely you know, he's getting fuel from that and he's using the mirrors of the other spokes, people like us, people who are authentic and genuine with him. But at the same time, people come and go. People come into your life, you know, with like a seemingly one intention and then take something. And he's mentioned that quite often where he's like, I can't believe this person's doing that. And that hurts. But what I like is that he doesn't let that slow him down. He's like, hey, I'm here. I am. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep creating music. And he's a deep dude. I mean, he's a really deep dude who I'm blown away by, you know, his strength. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. He's a today dude. He's a today dude. He's not a yesterday dude. He's not sitting there. Oh, I've been this and I've been this and I've been that. He's like, what can I do today? How can I use my voice? How can I use my words and my action? Yeah. How can I use my music? How can I advocate? How can I use my intelligence? How can I go fight for what's right and what's fair? That's what we all need to be looking at is not what was yesterday. Yesterday is just fucking electrical energy in our brain. We have today, we have these moments. After this, my whole intention will be to sit here and reset for about two minutes and yeah. I'm gonna go downstairs. I'm gonna be the best fucking dad that I can be. In that, and, and if, if today's my last day, I'm gonna be the best fucking dad I could be. All of you guys out there watching and listening to this have that opportunity every single day. And the choices that you make when you wake up, who am I gonna be today? Ask yourself, who am I going to be today? Am I going to be a little bitch that's going to snivel about fucking getting my ass handed to me by my dad when I was four years old? Are you going to sit there? I get to be a fucking rock star today. I get to be the best possible dad. I get to be a best possible warehouse guy. I get to be the best possible doctor. I get to be the best possible mom. I get to be, I get to give love to people who deserve love, who might be hurting. You guys get to choose who you get to be. When you wake up in the morning, I am peace. I am love. I am forgiveness. I am empathy. I am empowerment. I am whatever it is that you guys decide to do. Every single person who has been on this show during the season has illustrated so eloquently that it's about a choice. And that choice is yours. That choice is yours. Every single day, it may not be perfect. I'm not perfect. Some days I'm stupid and I say shitty things and I have a down day. But at the end of the day or in that particular moment, I'm like, Chris, did you set the intention? to wake up and be this person right now? No, you set the intention to use your words and actions to make this world a better place. Are you doing that right now? Yes or no? No, what can you do? 
So you have to redirect your thoughts. You have to be accountable to yourself. And like David just said so eloquently right there, avoid toxic people, places, and things. If it's your family, you know, think about the five people you're around the most. You should be around some curious motherfuckers that are out there making a difference in this world that are saying, Scott, Chris, go out there and be playful. Go out there and use your voice and your actions to create a podcast that's going to help change the world. Go out there. You don't need people sitting there. Oh, you should play it safe. You should do this. You should vote for this. You, know, you need people out there sitting there fucking questioning your judgment. And that's what we want from you because every one of these individuals come from completely different walks of life. And it's up to you who you look in the mirror tomorrow and say, this is who I get to be. I choose to be this. I choose to be strength. I choose to be love. I choose to be forgiveness. And I think some, that's some of the most powerful stuff that we've gotten out of this, these conversations. And I'm excited to see what, well, first, before we go off on what we're going to be doing next, what do you feel like when you think about the total culmination of the different conversations that we've had from the different walks of life and the different backgrounds, the rich, the poor, the death rows, the musicians, and we had Ty Sweet, we had so many, Tanisha, we had so many different, Emilio and Brooke, we had so many amazing people on here. For you, and, and given that you're a teacher of this, what has Scott Goyette got from these conversations? Oh, man. Oh, uh, you're a little bit of all these people. Yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing like, like I'm not just making, and I love when you ask a question on the spot. So people probably think like you guys practice this or something throw this thing from <laughs> no. it. Like, I have no idea what you're going to say. Um, when I say I'm being fueled by source, but I'm seeing everybody else's mirrors. I'm like, first, like sometimes I come with resistance. I'm like, that's, that's not true. I won't say anything on air, but that's not true. And then sometimes I'm sitting here going, Oh my God, that's so true. And then I go back and I reflect and I'm like, okay, I only thought that was true because they agreed with me or, or I didn't think that was true because, oh, maybe that was true. And so I, I grow exponentially. I tell my students, I'm like, there's nothing more beautiful than me being able to see 36 students in a classroom that all have a different perspective. I mean, I hope everybody's getting the same thing. A different perspective. Did it ruffle your feathers at some level? Did you yeah. only agree because it sounded like something in your little echo chamber? And yeah. if that's the case maybe look more deeply to other opinions or thoughts, but every single person here I felt has been curated that I didn't feel like we've had very many people who had ridiculous opinions that were trying to win people over. I felt like people just brought their heart and made a lot of sense from where they're coming from. And I got a lot out of that and loved it. Mm -hmm. what about you? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, essentially that it's the fact that we get to choose. In any moment, we get to choose. Am I going to be a bitch or am I going to be a fucking rock star? Am I going to set an example or am I going to be an example? Or, I mean, it's so incredible. We can sit there and go, look at the the, the the lack and the scarcity and the, oh my God, what if this happens? What if this happens? And, da, 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 and get mired and all that stuff. Like, whatever's going to happen, we're going to deal with it. And as yeah. long as we have the strength and the resolve and the curiosity and the sense of adventure, like, if like, like literally we're facing a hurricane here in Southern California, my wife's freaking out. She's like, what if the roof gets ripped off? And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever happens, we will figure it out and we'll become stronger for it. We can't, we can't tie the roof down. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's meant to happen to teach us a, a lesson or a reason or something like that. But we get to choose how we respond to those things. And we get to see the fact that all the adversity in our life has created the people that we are today. I have not learned the most when my life has been easy. And there's been plenty of times where my life was easy. I made great money. I had my great car. I had my great job. I had all the, the egoic validations from speaking. Everything was awesome. I had the chicks. I had the whatever. I didn't learn shit. 
it's in those dark times that I've learned those things. And each one of these guests showed that and showed that resilience and that we get to choose in those momentary situations of adversity. I know Nelly has dealt with it. I know Robert's dealt with it. I know David has dealt with it. I know everybody watching this has dealt with those situations. And that's the beautiful thing is we get to choose and focus on that and by the people who we surround ourselves with and what we focus on most every single day. 100%. <clears throat> So speaking of which, so this is the season finale of this particular thing. And I love the fact that you, Scott, I have to give you your props for creating this idea of, of doing seasons and, and doing this overarching identity thing. So this was who am I? What's our identity? What is coming up for season two here on the uh, Unfiltered Experience? So since we never shut up about leading by example and um, my terminology for it is become the player. So you don't fall into a savior or sophomoric or um, victim state. What does it mean to become the late, the player? Essentially, it's a leader. And so I think a lot of times when we think of a leader, we think of our boss or we think of somebody who's leading a group or whatever. But we're going to bring on some leaders who lead in very different ways. And we're going to see how their leadership styles can be utilized by us. And I think that's super important because so many times we're saying, be the player, be the leader. All right, well, what the hell does that mean? Because you brought on a leader, but I don't get it. So we're going to bring, I'm still trying to figure out depending maybe six to eight different people who are amazing, amazing, amazing leaders. And their leadership might be something so simple that they're just an amazing parent. And I take that word back. That just word was the worst word, that they are an amazing parent. And right. just what it looks like to be an amazing parent. It might be something much more grandiose, like my friend M.G. Guerra is going to be on the show and he's taking thousands of people from the Ukraine on planes and he's getting them back to survival when their their towns are being bombed and they're just barely making it out alive to a point where he's had people who are 17 year old girls. That he talked to that night. They're supposed to get in the plane the next day and they never make it on the plane. Oh, shit. And, and he and he's dealing with this and he's talking about that leadership. How do you stand in that space and where did he come from and why is he in this space of leadership? So we're going to have some that will seem like, wow. That's too far away from me, but he's going to give you baby steps on how to become an MG Guerra. We're going to have people who might be leaders in the business world, but you're going to see a lot of amazing stories from people just like us. And you're going to see how narrow the space is and how much of that you can become in this present moment. So go back and take a look at the shows that you have not looked at yet. If you haven't, because this I am series is insanely powerful. I look at the curriculum that I share as a business professor, and I'm thinking to myself, if I watch these eight shows with these eight guests, right, this is as good as any college class. Yeah. And, so, and this leadership series could be as good as any college leadership class. So jump into it, like Chris and I are saying, because there's going to be some amazing stuff. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this season. Absolutely. And, and, and it really is about that. So we, I just put the link up there, subscribe to the podcast. I mean, we've been doing this now. Please we are on episode 200, 200. No, we're on, uh, this is 130. We've done 130 episodes of just the unfiltered experience. We did the Friday night live before that 130 episodes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you desire to grow, go subscribe to the podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on iHeart. It's anywhere you find podcasts. There's so many different places out there that I can't even remember them all. And share go it, share it in all your social media channels, because honestly, guys, we're not doing this to get rich. We're doing this because we're bringing damn good people on here who have messages that need to be spread. And we like, we're doing all the work, putting this together to bring this for you. So if you guys can share this through a few friends, through a few friends and get this out there, that's going to help this information get into the hands of people who can use it. That's all we're doing it for. 
It's so true. And if you just go to the unfilteredexperience.com, there are the links there to, to subscribe to the podcast, become a part of the Facebook community. This is something I was stressing yesterday in the Ron Unscripted group. We have built a community for all of us like-minded individuals so that we can collectively get together and share the challenges that we're experiencing, share the triumphs that we're experiencing. Community is like the cornerstone of what is going to heal this planet, what is going 100%. to continue to heal ourselves. Come there and share your experiences. If you're having a downtime, come and share that experience. I mean, I'm a part of a dad's group where they're literally people are talking about putting bullets in their mouth. And there is like 500 people who are giving them reasons why not to. We are building this community every single day and every single way with you guys so that we have somebody that we know we can depend upon in those situations of dire need or, 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 or scarcity or whatnot. Our intention with doing this, again, like Scott said, we don't do advertisers. You guys don't see any promotions on here. We do this because we generally from our hearts want to make a difference in your life so that you can go out and make a difference in everybody else's life. And I know David does it. I know Robert does it. I know Nellie does it with her scarves and everybody else, Absolutely. everything else. That's what this world needs right now more than anything. We need more, especially in the situations that we're coming up against in next year and all the different political situations and news situations that you want to focus on. We need unity. We need love. We need forgiveness. We need collaboration. We need, we need giving people out there showing that we are more the same than we are different. And that's what the unfiltered experience is all about is Scott and I bring in our hearts and our souls and our experiences as coaches, as trainers, as individuals who have been through a lot of shit in our life that continue to go through a lot of shit in our life. Mm -hmm. Scott and I were just talking about this before yeah. the show. There's a lot of shit in our lives. There is no joke where it's like, we're like, I mean, we have great lives, but we are helping a lot of people. I've got friends with fires. I've got friends with chemo. I've got friends that are dying. I've got, Same. I've got, and you've got situations and, but together, together, together through our hearts and through our love and through our messages and through our gifts, we can make this world just a little bit better every single day by identifying who we truly are. So our homework assignment for you guys is when you wake up tomorrow, decide who you're going to be for that day and commit to being that person. I am love. I am forgiveness. I am curiosity. I am playfulness. I am whatever it might be for you. Find that and go be it. Go be it. And we will be back here again, here always on the unfiltered experience. Take us with you. We appreciate it and love you guys. Let us know what it is that we can provide for you guys. Cause that's what we're here to do to serve. And we love and appreciate you guys. Go have a beautiful evening, go have beautiful moments and cherish every little thing that you have. Scott. Amen to that. We love you guys. Love you guys. Unfiltered experience. Cheers. Cheers.